Many of us have had um, experience with or have heard of people with inheritance problems, which people, you know, fight with each other over things and have hard feelings over a lack of fairness perceived by others in family or otherwise or somehow got left out of a will. And this, this situation reminds us a little bit about Martha and Mary, where, you know, Martha's doing all the work and Mary's just sitting around and Jesus takes Mary's position. And here's this individual coming to Jesus out of the crowd and he apparently feels there's some injustice done by his brother who has not shared the inheritance with him. Jewish law had a really, was pretty clear about how things were to be inherited. And it wasn't, we wouldn't perceive it as fair today, but there were laws that they followed. And usually the, the oldest one got mo- almost everything. And Jesus turns this around and doesn't um, immediately take the side of the, assuming that this, this person that came to him was the, was the party that had the issue, he doesn't immediately take a side. We don't know for sure if the issue was whose side was right or wrong, and Jesus apparently doesn't either. He just takes himself out of that situation and says, who appointed me to be your judge? Then he tells the crowd, here's an injustice coming to me. Avoid greed in all its forms. So the Lord's saying, I'm not going to solve every injustice in the world right now, but you take advantage of every opportunity for yourself not to be greedy. If this brother was cheated, he says, don't be, don't be greedy like your brother. He can't take it with him either. You know, everything is an opportunity to learn something. It's kind of interesting because we often find ourselves wondering why God hasn't straightened something out yet, and he wants us to learn from that because the time has not yet come. Uh, the brother may yet repent, so he's given some extra time. I was thinking about um, reading this gospel this week, When I was in seminary, they asked me to do something called clinical pastoral education, which is um, uh, you go to a hospital and learn things about about, um, sick calls, and this and that in itself is an interesting story. But I went back to New England for the summer to just basically I wanted to see the sights. That's why I picked that area. And one of the places I went to on my way home from there was Newport, Rhode Island. Has any of you been to Newport, Rhode Island here? Am I the only person here who's been to Newport? You've been there? I know why you, I know, and I know why you were there. Um, they, um, that place is so interesting. Um, one of the things they have there is a, is the, it's a Benedictine sisters there. And I, I sat there and I prayed the office with them. They couldn't believe that I knew it because they used the ones from Mount Angel, so I learned that. But while I was there, they have all these really large mansions. And uh, Marble House and the breakers, and one marble house is very interesting. It, like it says, it's all marble inside. The breakers was built by Cornelius Vanderbilt in the 19th century as a summer cottage. 300 bedrooms, 25 bathrooms. Who did he have over in the house for those nine weeks? Nine weeks of the year. This is a, it's, anyway... It's, they're all, it's all part of a state or national park or something, and you walk along the water and see these things by the sea. It's, it's really fascinating. The, uh, and the, the good nuns that I visited were in somebody's mansion. Somebody donated a mansion to them, so there they are. Uh, that one's being put to good use. Cornelius Vanderbilt built this, and the interesting thing is he died a couple months before it opened. 
His widow, however, lived in it for 30 years or so and then donated it to, the, to a, a charity. And Cornelius himself was actually apparently a very generous man. He gave a lot away. And the other, other contemporary I can think of at the same time was um, uh, Dale Carnegie, who was a steel magnate. And they both had issues, you know, uh, if you look back in history. But both of them were quite generous. Carnegie gave a lot to the libraries back east in those days. Many of the libraries were donated by him. And it's, it's just very interesting. Jesus asks us, where do I think my security comes from? We all want to have enough, and everybody needs more, and we all are trying to save for retirement or for our children or, or for a vacation or just whatever. And Jesus points out to us, do I know what real wealth is? Do I know where my value is? This, um, the, in the first reading, this man, Koheleth, Koheleth is known as, in, in tradition, as King Solomon. And he's writing as a man who has everything, and yet senses the vanity of all things. Now I've accumulated all this stuff and it's all going to go to people whom I cannot control what they do with it or even who's going to get it. And he says, it's all vanity. And he, this, the whole book is like this because they, he doesn't know Christ yet. So they don't see what's coming. And to them, everything on earth, nothing is really completely satisfying. If one were permitted to stay on earth forever, there would come a time when we'd feel that sense of vanity because we have an eternal heart that can't be filled with this stuff. That it, that's why people are constantly looking for more. You know, um, Two years ago, I was in Amsterdam. You may remember the iPhone, whatever it was, came out, and there was a huge line across the street from our hotel that year, and people were lined up around the block trying to get this phone it's yesterday's trash. Now they're all waiting for the next one. It didn't satisfy them. I bought one too, and I can't wait for the new one to come out. <laughs> I'm going to wait for the next one, to be honest with you. Don't tell the Pope, but I like a new phone. He likes a used one, but that's his problem. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm not going to find happiness there. And the thing about this reading, as I'm reading it, this is what sticks out in my mind. We can read these Gospels and you can say to yourself, oh, I know how this goes, and tune it out. And, not, and miss the depths of meaning. Uh, each Gospel has a meaning for each individual here. What is my barn that I'm trying to fill? Uh, do I have one that, that says, this is pleasing to God? While I'm working on earthly things, which, let's face it, we all have earthly concerns. But do I have one that says, this is God's concern? Because that's where God's going to really bless me. You know, all this stuff comes to an end. What, what pleases God is what really matters. That's our real inheritance. But this man, here's what he does wrong. It's not that he was rich or that he had an extra barn or something. This is what he says. What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns. I shall store my grain. And I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have so many good things, I'm running out of fingers for all the I's and me's and my's that are in this man's thoughts. Who's he thinking about? Me, himself. Who's he not thinking about? God. Who's he not thinking about? Others. It's all about him. You know what? Life is not all about me. And it's not all about you. That's a loser. A person that is a selfish life there's no point to it. In the end, 
everything disappears. So while we're working on our own concerns, the Lord invites us to think about what matters to God. And so we gain these great insights. This is one of these things that, like when I do a funeral, I always ask myself what the person that passed away might want to say. And it's often, I think we'd find it surprising if they could come back, but we have to let the readings speak. But what always strikes me at every funeral, we had one on Thursday or Friday, Friday, we have another one on Tuesday, and both, both of these individuals had memory care issues. And in, in, in thinking about their lives were the long or short, you know in the news yesterday that awful balloon accident, it made, made us think, didn't it? We, we have had them go up right here in the, in the field back here. You, you, know, you, think, you think you're safe and the next thing you know you're in the next world. It's kind of a parable, an awful one too. And, but our Lord invites us to think about what, what really makes me rich. What is being rich? Rich to me is seeing somebody in the hospital with a lot of people there that care about you or a lot of cards there or somebody loves you. Uh, rich is to have people that, that, that you affected in your life in a good way. Rich is being forgiven by God whenever I ask. Rich is knowing that I'm, I have an inheritance in heaven that will never fail. Rich is what I've done for others. The time I thought about someone else, my tithing, my time, the time I spent with my family, the time I thought about someone besides myself. And it's just the little things, the time I was just kind to somebody. But this man, all he could think about was his, was his retirement, which is a great thing, but he didn't invite anyone else into it. So um, it's kind of a thinker for us. I think when we have that sense of disquiet that comes over us at times, um, you know, it's oftentimes planning a vacation is more fun than being on one, you know. You know what they say about a European vacation? The best time to enjoy it is about two months after it ends, right? <laughs> so, so, well, it's the truth. Um, I ought to know. Uh, and it's, it's, we're going to find that it's the little things that matter to God. And he gives us so many opportunities to get rich in his sight. Each day, there's so many things that come our way if we only have the eyes of God to see it. And instead, we're going after fool's gold and false wealth and, and, and things that don't matter. Uh, so the Lord invites us to do both, to, to be concerned about the temporal things that all of us must do. But when we think about the things of God, lo and behold, the earthly silo begins to fill up on its own. So we invite God, we invite, God invites us, I should say, to think about his things, and then he in turn will think about ours.